We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep. Yeah. Well, Lucky Lucky Podcast, we spent a different special guest getting ready to join us right now. He is a former Notre Dame linebacker. He is a member of the 1988 National Championship team. He is one of the best ambassadors for Notre Dame football in the University of Notre Dame. And we want to welcome him into the Lucky Lefty podcast right now, none other than Wes Pritchett. What's up? Wes, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, Malik. How, how was your holiday? Too short. <laughs> it was right. good. I had a good time. It was real. Actually, I, I, uh, I didn't do very much. I was going to go out of town, and then I ended up hanging around here and playing golf and going to the pool and hanging, going to a barbecue. I've got my, uh, I've got two boys that are getting recruited in football, and so we're getting ready to go on a big, uh, like the next two weeks. I think I go to eight camps or something like that with the boys. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different world than what I grew up in. I can tell you oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's similar different. to nothing. Mm-hmm. So before we get to that, how, sorry. how did you shoot? How did you shoot this weekend? I played pretty well. I mean, I'm a four handicap. Nice. So I take it pretty seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. I think Malik and I, when we go on the course, where you can just call us handicaps, like we. Yeah, yeah, yeah we. You know, I look. I've I've been as high as a fifteen. I, I grew up playing golf though, so my my somehow I, I don't know. I'm a I'm a contradiction. I, I was a, I was grew up playing golf, and then I played inside linebacker. So I, I don't know how that worked. Um, and I loved golf. Golf was probably my second favorite sport. So your wow. story. So we were going to save this until the end of the interview, but with your experience and securities. We want to play a game called buy or sell with you because you open the door for it. I got that's that right. figured out. You buy high and you sell low. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's right. Buy the dip. Buy the dip. How things have changed from a recruiting standpoint. Are you buying or selling the way things are now in recruiting versus how they were when you were being recruited? I mean, I think I'm just accepting. You know, I can't mm. – I don't have time to – figure out what's right or wrong. I've got, you know, it's just what I'm trying to figure out is first of all, what's the process? Yeah. Oh, how do these kids get these stars and all this stuff? Like, you know, you're talking about 
talking about, I mean, you've got all the 2025 kids classified. Really, you got ninth graders ranked already and for top 300. You know what I looked like in ninth grade versus what I looked like my senior year? I mean, I, I grew, I probably grew, I'm not even joking, probably 10 inches and gained 40 pounds. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's a little frustrating. I, I think you, you have to be in big immediate attention um, to, or have some kind of pedigree or, you know, I, we just didn't know. My kids are really good in lacrosse as well. So they, I didn't know anything about that sport. So I had to, that whole process is even weirder than football. It's all about the club teams and two or three tournaments and as a junior and we spent his whole song camps. I mean, getting in these, playing on these national teams and playing on these, in these lacrosse tournaments. It's offers in Division One lacrosse, and then he tells me this summer he wants to play football after we so, did the whole thing. Sophomore year, we should have been going to these. So the football camps are huge. So you go up and you go to Notre Dame and Wisconsin or whoever, you know, you get invited to or you want to be invited to, and you make sure those your end zone uh, evaluation, if you will. And so, um, you know, he missed all that. Senior tape. I mean, I've never seen. I haven't seen a better tape yet. This kid's tape is unbelievable. But I mean, who's he playing against? So he being a long, long story short, he his ACL in March. So now he's already had the surgery. Around his rehab. So now I don't know. What the hell? Because he still got offers from like Air Force, Army, Navy, uh, he was getting a lot of interest from Power Five guys, and now he's kind of on the back burner. So now I may reclass him. So I don't know what I'm, I'm that's a long winded way of saying I don't know how the hell this somehow slide our four stars up 100. You got it made. Once you get your Power Five offer, you tip. It's that yeah. first offer, and then these guys all fall in line. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I mean, you know, my kids ask me how I got recruited. I mean, this is the honest to God truth. I have no clue. Hell, <laughs> one day, I don't know how the hell Clemson and Georgia and Notre. I really have no idea how I got recruited. We didn't do anything, you know. So now it's you have your Twitter account. You have to your DMing coach constantly. You're updating constantly. I mean, and I told my kids, I said, take a step back. This is your first job interview. You got to go sell yourself. What is your dad? I've been selling myself for 55 years. I haven't had very much to sell, and I still sold it. So you guys have talent. Now it's you got to go out there and make these people believe. Yep. Oh, they think. Like- yeah, that's. That's a really good idea. Then their girlfriend calls and they leave. So, <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, though, I have spent more time and effort on this shit than I ever dreamed I would. But you know, at the same time, my buddy's like, "Yeah, well, you're trying to get a free education." I said, "Yeah, that's a good point." So I guess I look at it like a seven hundred thousand dollar commitment. So I'm going to do it. That's right. I mean, in seventy grand a year, brother. It's not an eight, easy thing. <laughs> And you know what's crazy is that you're right. Recruiting is is it's kind of like the NIL stuff. It's the wild, wild west. There's not a lot of direction on where to where to even start at. But do you find yourself kind of I don't know, like being more invested in trying to get your guys motivated with so many different distractions now that it's way different than when we were getting recruited for sure. Well, I, I was a t-shirt and a pair of shorts to work out in when I was at Notre Dame. Even 10, 15 years later, when you guys played, at least you had like a pair that. I'm not joking. When Lou got there about six months in, we finally got an Adidas sweatsuit that had an interlocking ND. It's the only one ever Are you serious? So, you know. I think my kids, you know, in high school right now, the NIL thing is not anything that they're – That's they just want to play. They want to live their dream and play, I think, in a Power 5 school. So, um, for them, they're not at the – or even thinking about NIL. They just want to spot on the team, which I think is great. Now that um, But, yeah, the world we live in – I mean, I've had – and you know, we I raise money for people, and we I, I understand a little bit. Um, this nil thing you talk, I mean, this is Pandora's box on steroids. First <laughs> box, and they opened up, um, you know, all the things that we were trying to protect in amateur athletics. Um, there's no regulation or rules or order. 
I mean, you can do you just totally vague name, image, likeness, and any clown in the world can come in and hand you supposedly money for you do a shoot a commercial. Yeah. And then there's like, well, you gotta be with fair market value. Well, fair market value is what somebody will agree. So how do you argue if some guy pays this guy, whether it's egregious or not? Right? Yeah. So Oh, I, I don't. I, I think it's killing me. I mean, you, you do something, and it seems to be going pretty. Like, you know, and who made that decision? And we're in, in high school, which you know they're going to do. The business and the SEC and the ACC can legally buy kids now. They are going to. Yeah. They're definitely going to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Wes, we're going to ask you to see if you can reconnect because you keep dropping in and out a little bit. I don't know. Really? Another, a better signal you can get in the, in the house or. I, I've got a full signal. Let me try. I'll, I'll leave and come back. Okay. Yeah. We hope to get them back and hope to get a better signal and uh, bring them back in immediately. Yeah. The crazy story. But definitely. The fact that they just. They just got a suit, Adidas suit. I was about to say that. The craziest <laughs> one of those whole story is that they had to convince him to get just one. Just one. That's it. With the interlocking ND. Now, I thought we complained about them being stingy in the equipment room. Because I'd be like, hey, man, you got all those sweatshirts and shirts back there. Go ahead, you know. Right. Slide something my little my little cubby hole. Right. I couldn't imagine if we didn't get nothing. What a guy! What, you would have guys not having nothing to wear right now, right? If we didn't have team issue gear at school for some of those guys, man, that is amazing. I can't wait. Hope he comes back in and the signal is stronger because I need to ask a couple of Lou Holtz questions based upon Pete Burgess told us they practice an hour on concrete, bro. That <laughs> yeah. that blew my mind, like. What? Concrete. He's like, the only thing we didn't do was tackle to the ground. And it's amazing. That's where it's an AstroTurf. You might be right. The original AstroTurf. The, original. the fields they play on now, the fields these kids play on now feel like pillows. Like I tell you all the time, every time I walk into the practice facility at, at, at Notre Dame, it's like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> I feel like you yeah, it's, it's crazy because it used to be just the practice field there. Now it's this mm -hmm. big mausoleum coliseum thing. And like, it's cool because like you said, you go in there and take a nap on the turf. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how guys even get hurt no more. You falling on, on, on soft cushion like that. Man. And it's amazing. It's connected to the rest of the facilities, the lacrosse team baseball field everything is fantastic and the baseball team a lot of people felt like they can't get or they can't host the super regionals because the facilities aren't big enough to host the crowd that the NCAA wants and that's talking about Notre Dame might end up having to improve you know that part of the facility as well so it's going to be very interesting to see how these kids come in this weekend or this month and they look at these facilities because like you said, they're vastly improved from the way you see them. And Wes is going to join us again. 
Hey guys. All right, we got you. So this, is, this yeah, we want to get to Lou Holtz. You said you guys got an Adidas track suit and finally after he came. And I want to talk about the 1988 season, which eventually led to the last national championship in Notre Dame. And most people will go to the big matchup against the Miami Hurricanes. But there was a team that would play a pivotal role in that season for not only you guys in week one, but they almost ruined the importance of the Miami game in the middle of the season. And most people don't realize that Miami went up to Michigan and Michigan had a 19 point lead in that game before a furious comeback by Miami, right before they become the South Bend, which would have basically ruined like the buzz of that game and that matchup in South Bend between you guys and Miami. But I said this to Malik. I said, I'm going to ask Wes because I remember as a teenager, my heart was probably beating faster during the Michigan game than it was during the Miami game. I think people people forget just how good that first game against Michigan was when you guys came away with that 19 to 17 win. You know, um that game always set the tone for um the season. And that was, yeah. you know, I mean the heyday of Bo Schembechler, Michigan was loaded. They were I mean, every game we ever played, the first play of the game when those offensive linemen broke the huddle and came up to the line of scrimmage, you're just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> they the biggest team I've ever on the field, and I've included. I've never – they had – Jumbo Elliott was one tackle, and the other tackle, the guy was bigger than him. Skrepnik, look him up. He's like 6'7", 325. I mean, they were just freaking monsters. <laughs> And, you know, they had big 235, 40-pound fullbacks. And, I mean, it was just – if you go back and watch that game, it literally was just – we just stood – like two bo- two heavyweight boxers standing in the middle of the ring and just punching each other. There was no – you know, a trick play was a counter. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, Oh, my goodness. Tight so it wasn't. It wasn't no tricking about it. It was we're going to run you over. This is what we're. This is where we're running. Stop us on both sides. Of the <laughs> and uh, you know, they had a good kicker too. I think the guy's name was Gillette. Yeah, Mike Gillette. Uh, and uh, I'll never. We're winning nineteen seventeen with like thirty seconds left. I'll never forget it. And Lou calls us. So it's like a forty. It wasn't. A, it was 40-something. It wasn't like 49, though. It was probably like 42, 44. <laughs> and Luke calls us over. They're going to miss it. They're going to miss it. They sure as hell did. And, uh, we, and we win that game. And you're right. That was that was huge. And by the way, supposedly, I, I don't know if this is right, but I think we beat Miami 31-30 to 30 that year. Right. And I, Michigan 31-30. to 30. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, that's uh, correct. Crazy. Crazy game. Yeah. So that game wasn't even – it wasn't a football game. That was a fight because you're not trying to even scheme. You're that's just saying we're <laughs> – We got penalized in that game for criminals, which I've never even heard of. Uh, 
You got to back up. I went back. I watched it only because I wanted to see. It. I mean, it looks yeah. like we were playing with leather helmets. It seems so long ago. I mean, I think the wide receivers were in three point stances. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's a long time ago. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. But, yeah, that game for us, Wes, you know, when I look back at it, I remember my heart beating so much faster just watching that game because it was back and forth, heavyweight fight. You know, you guys you guys threw the early haymaker with the punt return by Ricky Waters. The crowd went crazy. Michigan comes back. They take the lead. You guys come back and take the lead early in the fourth quarter. Michigan comes back. Gillette kicks the field goal to go up 17-16. And then you guys come back and run right down the field and take the lead. And Michigan still has, like you said, a little bit over a minute left. Well, we also kicked four field goals in that game. We couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Yeah. That was also Tony Rice's first. No, he had started the year before. And I'll tell and I also think that um, you know, we were really the thing that's the most interesting about the 88 team mm-hmm. is um we had something like I got to go back and count it, but it was like eight or nine first-year starters that were sophomores. Would you like to hear who they were? Yeah. Roll call. Todd Light, Pat wow. Terrell, Dan Smagala, Chris Zorich, uh, Jeff Alm, yeah. Tim uh, Grunhardt. Braxton Banks and Anthony Johnson, Ricky Waters, Rocket Ishmael was a freshman. Uh, Tim Ryan, Andy Heck. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? Like, with all of that being said, nobody knew. You know, you got not half of the team, shit, more than half. Yeah. Were your starters that were great. Yeah. So did so, you guys have the mentality 
because this is Lou's third season. He's 13 and 10. That's his record going into this season. Did you guys have a mentality with like the new stars and everything? Like we're a national championship team from the jump when you were going through camp? I don't think anybody on that team thought we were national champions. I think we thought we were really good. I think we had really started buying into lose. You know, it takes it's it's a mindset as much as anything. Mm -hmm. Learn how to win again and believe and trust in the process. You know, you hear Saban talk about that all the time. It's Lou was the same way. Um, and I think when we won the Michigan game, we knew we were good. Uh, and we all, you know, that game was always close back in those days. I mean, it was a field goal at the end of the game every year. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you know, Miami was the 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 – the pinnacle of college football back then. I mean, they had, they had won. I don't know that, you know, they, they were, when we played them, I don't think they lost in two years. I don't know what the streak was. You know, I was on the team that played down there and Jerry Faust's last year that got beat 58 six. They, they blocked a punt with a minute left and threw a touchdown. I mean, they, I hated Miami. Like when I say hate, innate hate, like cut your throat stuff. And um, so, you know, when that whole fight thing broke out in the middle of the, the beginning of the game, I mean, that game, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to us because we weren't backing down to them and we were going to play. You know, I broke my hand in the first quarter of that game, taped my fingers together, had 14 tackles. I never even dreamt of coming out of that game. Yeah. Bro not I didn't break my finger. I broke my hand. Wow. Yeah. So, um I, I remember I, I knew it was broken. I looked at it and I couldn't feel it. And I ran over to the sideline and told Jim Russ to take my together, ran back in. Now, what does that do for you now? Like going back in mentally, are you thinking about the club now? Is it like hurting every tackle or like how are you working through it? Or you're trying to like mentally block it out? Because like for me, I'll probably be like, I'm done. <laughs> you're playing quarterback. I didn't, all I thought about was I'm going to hit some fucker in the face. With my <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna tell you when I say we were hard, I don't think people understand how hard we had some mean, bad dudes on our team. And I, I would hope to think that I was sort of leading the charge, but I mean Zorich, me, I mean all everybody, even man, you go back and watch Todd Light, Pat Terrell, Smagal, these <laughs> came up and brought it, bro. <laughs> running backs concussions. I'm so serious. so so the penalties. So today's game and the penalties wouldn't mix well. I made would have been a, would have been <laughs> flagrant high leading with the helmet or late. <laughs> but that was just the game back when it was. That was, it was the quarterback while he stands there. You got like three seconds to lay him. <laughs> so Tom Brady wouldn't be playing Give twenty. Me your contact information. I'm not even exaggerating. I'll send you some of my old the old tapes. They're everyone. My kids are like, Dad, that's spearing. I'm like, Yeah, that's how they taught us to hit right here with the my helmet. Oh my gosh, they Dude, were teaching I, that. I have my helmet. My entire, the whole front of my cage has no plastic on. It's all bent and broken off because I hit everybody with my face and my helmet. Oh my goodness. Wow. But they were teaching that though. That was the, that's, that was like, what, what do you mean? You look, the, you, you hit the ball with your face mask. Oh my. Square, and then you know you got to get your shoulder across. 
drive. Like you know, you get your head to the side, but so the whole tackling low thing wasn't like it like, was. You know, you no, see guys today hitting the ankles. Techniques of tackling really were still. I mean, the technique was the if the you, you know you get your head on the out, you got to get your head across their body. You got to get your head in front. And your shoulders, whole... your shoulders wrap up and drive. But now you got DBs shooting ankles and and grabbing. They got it's a totally different, and the kids are also a lot bigger, stronger, fast. You know, I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting to see us line up and play. I don't think they'd know what the hell hit them because like guys <laughs> drooling and blowing like first plate. Dude, they'd be blowing snot bubbles and growling and punching them, and I mean, they'd be like, "What the." F- like, now this is like Neanderthal shit. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so, so our communication was different. Y'all wasn't telling, yeah. like, go to the flat, uh, get that A no, gap. We had, no, like, I, ah. I'm, I'm counterselling that. We we had guys. We, we we It was a little bit more sophisticated. Now, Lou's offense was a little bit more sophisticated, but not a whole – you know, I don't have anything to do with the offense. I know our defensive coordinator was Barry Alvarez, and oh, yeah. we were as complicated as we needed to be. The thing is, on defense, we were so good, we didn't do anything. We just lined up and played. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Maybe be like, you know, we'd go, man, all right, you take that guy, you take – all right, we'll lock your asses down. All right, zone. All right, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm ser- I called the signals, and that's what's so funny about that year. We never – we didn't – I mean, we did some stunts up front, and we – But that wasn't like – that was about it. It was like we were going to – Flex defense, and then I mean we had it, but we just didn't run it. I'll never forget we played Southern Cal. You know, you forget the Southern Cal game, the last game of the year that year. We're number one, they're number two. We're both ten and zero in the Coliseum. They're a six point favorite. Yeah, and we send Ricky Waters and Tony Brooks home. Right before the game. Right, rusher and leading receiver home. See ya. Late to a meeting. Get out. Bye. Seniors voted on it. Get them the F out. Gone. I don't want to know. Coaches, get out of the room. We're having a meeting. We had a meeting in there. Guys, it's like Braveheart, man. Run higher. Next guy up. I mean, guys were crying, screaming. That game was over. (laughs) We kicked them in the face. Knocked Rodney Pete out. We just bullied them. They were huge too. Their whole offensive line was 6'6, 325. They had a big, they were massive. We drilled them in the face. And, um, but I'll never forget in that game, uh, it was probably my best game of the year. So I like to talk about it. But, um, yeah, that's right. But Alvarez called, we blitz every play. It was like both linebackers blitz. I'm like, wow. Next <laughs> blitz. No, no, we're not dropping we're back. Bring, this one. He didn't tell me all week. He had, I had no, we hadn't called these blitzes all year. <laughs> And he didn't tell me about it. Man, I was, we were just shooting. We were gone. Just He's like, go. He's like, just go. Like, A-gap, A-gap, relentless. A-gap. Relentless. <laughs> so, anyway, that was awesome. It was a fun year, man. What What do you think, what do you think was the, the defining piece during that time for you guys that you watching Notre Dame football the last 10 years have been missing from what y'all had to what we would been missing or close to getting to? I think it's a couple, you know, I think it's an attitude and I, you know, I, I don't know that I can explain it unless you've lived it. Just a true belief that you're not going to lose and you won't accept that you're going to lose. 
I think we had good talent. We had good coaches, you know, um, but the mindset's a big part of it. Lou was a big game coach. That's Lou, all that matters. Big, <laughs> That's all that matters. Cut it right there. That, that was, you know, dude, like our leader to, was telling us how we were going to beat them and why. Yeah. Y'all believed it. Stepped into the, onto the field. That's what he was talking about. First, yeah. we'll be best and we'll be first, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, and he always had this thing like we played Michigan. I talked to Bo today. Talk about Bo Schimbeckler. I said, Bo, the boys are working hard. Maybe we should take a day off. He goes, nope, coach, I'm not going to do it. We're going to work hard up here in Michigan. It's like, sorry, fellas, I can't give you the day off today. We're going to have to work harder than the boys up there in Michigan. <laughs> Silly shit like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Lou had, like, this is how we win. <laughs> he had a whole, he had, like, a formula. This is our formula. These are your priorities. This is, you know. He said the same things every day, and and man, yeah. after a while we were like, maybe we started believing this little guy, and then you know, and then you win. And by, I'm telling you, by the end of that season, bro, we once we beat Miami, it was over. We drilled SC. We beat them by like 20 points, and they were good. And then the next game, then we played West Virginia. Well, West Virginia had beaten everybody by like 28 points. I mean, they were unreal. And they had explosive quarterback offense. We freaking knocked Major Harris out the first quarter. (laughs) Don, no, Don, I'm going to bully you. We bullied people. That's what the difference is. Yeah. We bullied people. And we had swagger. Yeah. I was, I was about to say we were you guys had characters on that team. What's that? Chris Zorch was a character. Oh, we had everybody was character. You guys, the knuckleheads, you Stam, Stonebreaker, you guys were characters. So Madonna <laughs> was a character. Character. You had characters on the offensive side of the ball for you guys to have a meeting and tell the coaches to get out right before <laughs> the biggest game of the year, one versus yeah. two. With everything riding on it, 100%. and sending Lou didn't want to send them home. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Lou's he didn't. like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, I've heard all kinds of backstories from the coaches. Now, the funny thing is that a lot of the coaches, you know, they really weren't that much older than us. The the younger guys, and I, and and you know, in the last thirty five years since I played there, which is scary. Yeah, I become friends with them, and they love to go back and tell the stories about what Lou was doing behind the scenes when all that was going down. <laughs> but he, you know, he popped his head up and said, "I'm going to do this and that." And behind the scenes, like, "I don't want to send them home. We got to figure out a way to keep them here." And they're like, "Coach, I don't think the players are going to let them stay. They're going to let them stay. No." <laughs>